Welcome to PS Let's Talk Love. I'm Marsha. And I'm Solvay. We're communication professors and dating and relationship coaches. And in each episode, we'll be talking about dating, love, relationships, and all their complexities. We're here to help you navigate the sometimes awful, sometimes exhilarating, and oftentimes bonkers elements of all things relationships. We want to emphasize that this podcast is separate from our teaching and research at our university jobs. It is, however, part of our desire to bring dating and relationship support to folks everywhere. Let's talk love. Hello, welcome to episode 27. Today, we're talking about relational uncertainty. It's going to be a good one. I so, mean, aren't they all good? Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> I'm a little biased. We choose topics we like, but this is, yeah, this is um, a, probably one that a lot of folks can relate to. So looking forward, looking forward to that conversation. But before we get there, we're going to check in. Marsha, what are you loving this week? Well, I, if listeners, if you've been like listening along with my journey with my injury, <laughs> this damn leg injury, um, I am loving, number one, that I did get to run today. It was very slow and every single step hurts. <laughs> and I'm my average mile pace is about three minutes longer than it normally would be, but I got to run, which I will count as a win. Um, and the other thing that I am loving is a one of my good friends listened to our podcast, and it must have been two episodes ago. She listened when I was first talking about this, and she immediately texted me and was like, I've got somebody that you've got to see, like, here. And she connected me with this this uh, massage therapist who's, like, very exclusive, and uh, you like can't find information on her anywhere like you have to know somebody to get into her she like works with all the like elite runners in town i feel very special and as luck would have it my friend messaged me on friday or saturday and she was like go like here's the link that you can book an appointment which again you cannot find anywhere she just sent me it and was like there is an appointment available on monday afternoon she is booked out for months, this woman. So what? it was like, Whoa. it was meant to be. This is, listeners, I think I've said before, my life motto is everything goes my way. And it felt very much like an everything goes my way moment. Um, she, it, it's sports massage that she did to help me, which just for context, folks, like this isn't like a, you know, you just lay there and you get a nice relaxing massage. It's like... I yelled during it. Okay, okay. I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, it which hurt. I knew was I, I. I was totally prepared for that. I was. I, I knew that that was likely going to be the case. It's just, um, essentially what she realized, or I don't know, diagnosed me with. Um, and all of this makes sense. Is my right leg is way stronger than my left leg. The left leg was the one that was hurt, and um that caused an imbalance and there's a bunch of buildup of, of like tension and stuff in it. Anyway, I will not bore anyone with the details of this journey any longer, but I feel like I finally am like on the mend. Mm. Like so I so feel and one thing that was coming up for me, I, I, I also have a new physical therapist. I can't remember if yes. I've said that on here. Did I you say did. that last week? You shared it last week. Yep. Yeah who's amazing and I will continue to see her because you need like I need to build strength and to prevent this from happening again she is great um this massage therapist is great I don't I, I feel like I shouldn't say her name <laughs> because she's so like exclusive so if anyone really yeah. wants to know you can dm me um but yeah I feel like um what, one of the things I was noticing this weekend was I was like I don't know like I kind of feel like I could try running but I don't want to make anything worse which is what where I've sort of been in this weird like situation where I'm like well if a lot of times I run through pain should I just try or is, am I then going to be out for six more weeks and what you know so after my meeting or my appointment with her yesterday, I, um, she was like, you're not going to make it worse by running. Like, here are some things to do. 
and then specifically told me, this is the last thing I will say about this, because I feel like bashing my head against a wall. Um, she was like, I was like, well, I've been biking on a stationary bike. And she was like, that's pretty much the worst thing you could have done. No kidding. What? Yeah, it has to do with like, she's like, I mean, your right quad was already way stronger. And then it was, I'm sure she's like, I'm sure you just like continued to exasperate the problem on the bike because your right quad is pushing harder. And she's like, and also like, then you're hunched over and you're, what you need to strengthen are your back and your glute muscles. And you're not doing that on a bike. You're doing the opposite of that on a bike. So anyway, she's like, that's probably why this has continued as long as it has. Oh, no. Wait, did somebody tell you to bike or were you just like, this must be the way I can get some physical, like some cardio? Well, I mean, I've played sports my whole life. And like like in basketball, whenever you were injured, the, the, they'd throw you on a stationary bike if you couldn't run, right? Like you nice. at least keep cardio okay. up. It's lower impact. It's easier on your joints uh, and, and, you know, easier on injuries. And, and like that's what I also had available at my house, right? Like I have a stationary bike. And, and it's like a spin bike. And every, I have seen two physical therapists. I've seen a, a rolfer. I've seen um, I've, a chiropractor. I've seen all these people. And every single one of them, I said, hey, I've been doing a lot of stationary biking to keep up my cardio. Is that okay? And all of them were like, yeah, that's great. No. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. so I did my due diligence. I just feel like, like yes. But then as she was explaining things, it, it really made sense. Everything she said made sense. So um, I didn't bike today. <laughs> and guess what? I already feel better. Really? I'm sure part of that is the massage. And um, the run. And the fact that you got to go the run. run. Yeah, it's a combo. Like, well, and like I said, I was already starting to feel better from the physical ther- the new physical therapist who's amazing. Um, I don't want to like diminish that, but I was like, I like, I think I said on here, I will throw anything at this, like whatever. I'm about 10 seconds away from acupuncture just to see what else might work. I have another appointment with the massage therapist this week. And then I think like, like I said, I, I will be open to anything and everything, um, which all of this is to say, I, as infuriating as this process has been, I will say it has allowed me to like maybe open my mind a little bit and be more willing to try different things. And like, I don't know that I would have ever chosen to go to a massage therapist. She specializes in sports massage, but I don't know, like that's not something I would have willingly done. And now I'm like, I will book a regular appointment if it keeps me from hurting in the future and same thing with physical therapy i've hated strength training and now i'm like okay it's time to get my shit together i'm getting closer to 40 and like you know you have to make sure that you're maintaining things in order to keep them as we age that's just like a reality of life so i am trying to find the silver lining of all of this and i think that is it and I also I just have really appreciated um, the kindness and support of many of my friends, including you, through this very difficult time for me. Well, you're welcome. I was also going to say, though, that thanks to the listener who – thanks yeah. to your listener friend and also thanks listeners. Like, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Just I just want to, like, articulate again. We love hearing from you and also when you have cool resources. Totally. <laughs> so, thank you for that. Like, we're real humans that need – your support too so yeah I mean, we would love to support you through what we're doing and also <laughs> please support us <laughs> yeah it, you know it was funny because it's a good friend of mine I, I mean I don't think she yeah. would care if I said her name but Jen yeah. she, I mean she and I have known each other for almost 20 for over 20 years we went to college together and you know she's a good enough friend that we easily would text each other but it's like not something what like why would I out of the blue message her and be like guess what I hurt myself <laughs> like right. it's kind of a it's not silly like necessarily yeah not necessarily something you would text yeah yeah but I'm glad she listens thank you Jen thank you Jen <laughs> I love you <laughs> Um, also, I just want to acknowledge you for all of like the ways that you have, like you said, like your openness, you're trying new things, you're also being persistent. Like, I think there's a lot of, for anyone listening, there's like a lot of lessons to take from this that like, you know, maybe don't, if the, if the first medical professional or healer or whoever you're working with isn't like totally working in the way that you need them to, right? No, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of different people with different expertise, like 
try to go find some other people who can help you. And I know that's, that's difficult. I, I know as a person who like struggles with the, like, you know, the cost of things like that can be a difficult thing, but it also has allowed you to heal. It sounds like in a faster way. And I love that you were able to run today. Like so many good things there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What are you loving? How are you? <laughs> I'm loving in, I'm loving, I'm, I'm appreciating you for listeners. Marsh has been waiting like two hours for us to record this because I have had a plumbing issue. But you know what? Before I talk about the plumbing issue. Is I a plumbing issue say- a euphemism? For <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Maybe. I'll have to think about if it's a metaphor for something else in my life. <laughs> I think it is. I don't even need to think about that. Um, Okay, no, wait. Real quick, because on the topic of listeners who tell us cool things, I just want to shout out to another listener, Katie, who shared with me a while ago that I should watch the show. It was something that you and I talked about before, Marsha. I can't remember what show it was that, like, pinged her that I should watch, and maybe you should as well, watch the show Starstruck. Have you seen this yet? Is that the one where the girl hooks up with the famous yeah yes yeah I love that show oh my gosh I just watched the first two episodes last night but I already feel like I can be like this is a cool show so what she had said was you and I should watch it and discuss why they're not great at communicating which could be a really fun topic for future episodes (laughs) I've only watched two episodes and I'm like oh yeah there's a lot here (laughs) I've watched the I think there might be two seasons out now. There are. Are there? Yes, okay, I've only seen the first season, but you're totally... And Katie, was that... Yes, Totally Katie. right. There are a lot of interesting communication dynamic things happening. Yeah, um, I mean, even in the first two episodes, I was like, I see what she's talking about here, but also I am amused. Also, I am amused, even though, oh, oh they're really missing each other in a few ways there. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like... I can say that I'm loving it because that's a light spot and in a in a more challenging thing that's happening that I have I have a point that's not I think that I'd like to discuss with you about this is so I've just been having like I listeners I bought a house a home house my first house like it's about a year and a half ago and I, I knew something was coming I've been really lucky I haven't really had any major repairs yet and um, my, my kitchen and my bathroom sinks haven't been draining for like admittedly like a month that I've been avoiding. Like <laughs> I've been working with it and just being like, oh, they're just draining slowly. But they really like stopped draining last week. And so I was forced to Aww. be an adult and call a plumber. Um, and I couldn't get a plumber until today. And the plumber just came and um, did some snaking of my pipes, which you and I had talked about. I was hoping it would be as simple as that. I wish this were all metaphor for something else fun happening. <laughs> I was going to say dirty. Everybody, yeah, I wish my pipes were, I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was actually like a lot of clanging and, and, and it, I, you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, this is not, it's just going to be quick. But it was not quick. It took quite a long time. And then and then I heard my kitchen sink start draining. And I was like, yes, okay, we are, we are, you know, successful here. And then he said, okay, well, I just want to check downstairs real quick. Can I look in your crawl space? I want to make sure. Again, so much great metaphor. Yeah. Can I look in your crawl space? I uh, wish all of this was more fun. Um, because I just want to make sure that like nothing cracked. And he went and looked and came back and said, well, actually, like one of the pipes cracked. So don't actually use your sinks. And we're going to have to come back. And I was like, okay, like, okay, like nodding, like, uh-huh. like, I really need to work on your everything goes my way, Marsha, because I'm like, everything goes my way. I had really just hoped it would be like, just the pipe snaked. And that was it. And I was like, okay, like, so, you know, how much time just so I know because I don't have any frame of reference for what he's talking about like is this a big job is it a small job like can you just give me a little more information and he was like well yeah I mean it'll probably take at least six hours and it'll be like we have to buy these materials and and here's the point that I want to discuss because I immediately started crying and (laughs) I would too, for the record. Okay, Okay, that's what I want to know because I had a really good, I think I'm learning some new things. You know, last, I think it was last episode, sometime recently I talked about blushing. Like I, my emotions are so close to the surface. I might cry now talking about it. Um, Kind of all the time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) particular emotions. I don't 
I don't get angry too quickly, but like stress for me is like I immediately, my action tendency is to immediately start crying. And my next action tendency that I've been paying attention to is that I tend to apologize immediately because I feel like it's not appropriate. Like in this moment, I'm talking to this plumber. It's like, you know, I mean, he did mess up my pipes, I think, but like also I'm sure he didn't, like he was doing his job and his job resulted in my old, you know, I have an old house and the pipes cracking and so anyways I'm just I just kind of wanted to talk with you about that for a minute because it's interesting that you said you would cry too like I was like fuck I'm crying like I'm such like my I really shame myself around that and I'm curious if you do you you seem tougher about like (laughs) (laughs) if you cried would you apologize I think is my question because I was like I'm sorry but then I was like fuck I didn't mean to say I'm sorry like I'm a human this is stressful so then I just said like this is normal for me like essentially like managing their feelings like don't worry I'm not like melting down but I'm feeling stress or like this is what's happening it's interesting to me that you said that you would cry. And also, do you, like, then do you communicate about that in any way? And my first thought, and I was just thinking what I would, like, you know, if I was in your shoes, would be like, holy fucking shit, how much is this going to cost? This was not in the budget. I, like, now where am I going to be? And I feel like that, is, it would have been that. that. Oh, yes, set- that is that is exactly, like, I'm my yeah. eyes are, like, totally filling up with tears. Yeah, yeah, it is. And... I know I should be an adult that has like a big emergency savings and I wish I did, but I don't. But yeah, I'm going to work that detail out later. (laughs) But that you're right. That is what that is the stress, right? I mean, if I had the money, I would just be like, okay, yeah, like, let's just do that next. But yeah. I have been in situations right that are layered like yours is right now. And I totally do just will cry. I mean, all of these medical things that I've gone through, almost every professional that I've talked to, I have started crying about it. Oh, wow. That's great to know. And I, what I do is I know at this point, I'm like, I feel a lot of emotions. So I walk in and I'm like, okay. And they're like, what's going on? And I go, okay, well, I'm probably going to start crying when I tell you about this because I'm just like having a lot of feelings and I'm really frustrated. So I just want to let you know. And then I start talking and I inevitably start crying. And I I, I just am like, this is just how you're going to have to deal with me right now because this is where I'm at. I don't, I'm trying to think if I apologize or not. I don't think I do. Great. I'm working on not apologizing. No, I think that's interesting. I'm, I, you, you're right. Like I, and I f- have found, and maybe this is a whole episode, so maybe we should talk about this another time too. But I have found, like, with medical f- professionals, like when I, I went and got my first, um, oh, what are they called? Mammogram. I went and got my first mammogram, and I knew I was nervous, and so I did. Right, like I could, I could feel myself, and already like going into the appointment being like, I'm definitely going to cry. And so in that situation with a medical professional, I just told her immediately, like, I'm feeling nervous. My, my nerves make me cry. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just letting you know. And, and that was great. Like that worked out really well. Cause she was just like, cool, cool, cool. And was like, I could tell that she was sensitive and responsive to me because of that, you know, and, and maybe a way that I don't know, hopefully she would have been anyway, but I also could see like, so I think when you know that you're going to cry, it's great to preface. <laughs> like, right. Someone. In this case, I, I, gosh, I wasn't, I, I guess maybe all day I've been nervous about what's going to happen with this. Maybe that's why I've avoided it for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't, I, I just, it's so interesting in those moments where it like comes on and it's, in these situations where in my mind, I'm like, this is not appropriate. I think that's what happens in my head is like this poor guy, like he's just trying to fix your pipes and you're, but, but also it's interesting to me that I take on all this responsibility of sort of like shame of now I'm going to cry and I'm inconveniencing another person with my tears. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I imagine again, just speculation, but I think you probably would feel or actually, I'll ask you, would you feel less shame if that was a woman? Like, 
like you said, in the doctor's office, you kind of knew that you were, but also it was no. a woman. What I'm just really problem? hard on myself about it. Yeah. No, it doesn't. No, I don't think it has to. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'll pay attention if it has to do with gender, but I think it's just, uh, listeners, I'm not saying that this is, uh, this is cool. I'm just saying this is my own perspective is that I think there's some like, uh, like part of me that feels like it's, I don't feel like it's weak. Like if you ask me intellectually, is it weak to respond in this way? I would say no, like you're a feeling person and you're stressed and this is how stress shows up for you. But I think for there's another part of my brain and probably an older part of my brain that has some sort of like this is unprofessional or this is inappropriate or this is weak that like is like immediately coming in and judging me. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, I think we we get taught that from such a young age, right? Especially women. Yeah. Women and crying, like, it's a very complicated dynamic. Yeah. I, I think I usually, if I'm thinking about the times that I've cried in front of people, which, which used to be never. Yeah. And this is more of a recent development because I made a conscious decision that I was going to, like, just let myself feel feelings. And not repress them, which means like I feel a lot more joy and excitement, but I also, you know, like with that comes like you feel sadness or like you let stress manifest with tears and mine, stress totally manifests as tears too. And I know so many people where that's the case. I think the path out of it is not giving a fuck how somebody reacts, right? Or or not caring, like, he can, and, and not, like, obviously, who knows what, this plumber could have been like, yeah, I've seen, like, 400 people cry in the last two months. <laughs> Probably. Like, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Well, and I think that is actually my bigger question, and this is my question for listeners, if you feel like responding to us, like, are we all like are there many of obviously not everybody cries like i know that but yeah. are there so many of us who are walking through the world maybe not everybody shames themselves either but like and and shame maybe is a big word i mean i've done a lot of work on this to release shame but like are i'm just kind of curious like you said like are there are we all just like crying over things like stressors to one to you know to <laughs> professional people <laughs> and then being hard on ourselves about it like am I alone clearly I'm not alone because you and I both do this but everybody else listening do you do this too <laughs> <laughs> I want to know <laughs> I think of how many students I've had cry to me yeah. and yeah. It, often not because they've done anything like cruel or poor to them but just because they're going <laughs> no, through <I> know. <laughs> a situation right, right. and sometimes right. it's like not even related to me it's like they failed another class <laughs> and <laughs> I said like hey how's it going and they're like <laughs> yeah yeah no uh, I mean it's true like students cry I mean I you know in coaching clients clients cry a lot I always just want to be like you don't know how okay this is for me <laughs> You don't know, cry away, cry away, my friend. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just it's interesting. Think, yeah, I. I mean, have you? I haven't done any research on this, so. But I heard about it on a, another podcast. They were talking about uh, highly sensitive people. Have you heard mm -hmm. some of the mm -hmm. stuff around this? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've read. I've I've read quite a bit about it. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm the. In the like, there I think there's like a I don't know if it's a diagnosis like I don't know if it's right. like that but like I I know when I read the qualities of a highly sensitive person I'm like one notch down from that like if there's like or whatever you know if like one person is like the most highly sensitive person I don't I I don't have all of those qualities but I have like eighty five percent of them. <laughs> <laughs> borderline yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like almost highly sensitive I don't know again never like actually gotten like some sort of um but yes I yeah and I think that is a really helpful um a really helpful frame so yeah thanks for yeah. reminding me of that maybe I'm becoming more <laughs> maybe I'm at 90 percent now I just um, think that also like I mean I, I suppose maybe just for your own well-being or not well-being but like own lack saving you from mental strain additional mental discomfort 
maybe the most ideal is that you're able to like hold in those stress tears until you've had the conversation with you know until you're done but also like here's I wish I could like I know I can can feel it coming on and I'm like not gonna be able to stop it this is happening I can't stop it so I might as well like yeah try to like at least minimize it yeah, I mean, I, sometimes I'm like, is it just better to like get it out and then maybe you can listen and talk more thoughtfully too, right? Like once you cry, I crying yes. is a stress reliever. Absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, in those kind of contexts and whenever we can wrap this up, but like, yeah, in that context, I'm not like, <laughs> thank you, plumber in my basement. I'll be back in about five minutes. <laughs> Just go have a good cry. I just need to. I'm sorry. I'll be right back. Are you going to charge me? Are you going to charge me for this as well? (laughs) Anyways, I was definitely like, okay, let's really wrap this up because I know, I know, yeah. Anyways, um, well, I thought that that could be listeners. If you want us to talk about this, uh, this idea of like. I do think I do think it's like a bigger conversation about like those of us, maybe it is whether it's a highly sensitive person or those of us in relationship, like how this plays out is an interesting conversation, too. Yeah, I mean, as someone who spent a lot of time on the floor of my basement crying when I decided to foster four puppies out of nowhere, like, I think I don't sometimes I think there's just a lot of value in feeling all of those things oh I definitely do yeah no no I mean don't yeah yeah, I think so too yeah and also (laughs) I mean as we think about relationships too I think it took Dustin a hot minute to figure out like what's the ideal response to that yes (laughs) that's what I was thinking could be a bigger conversation too because I think it is like a it is and obviously each person is unique in those ways of what the ideal response is right but like It is, I think, something that many of us are experiencing in our relational dynamics. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll like. I don't know if I'll keep you buzzed. And it's not a very interesting topic. But I feel like crying. we need closure on the plumbing. Okay, I'll let you know. But also, let's continue the conversation about crying because it will be inevitable. I will continue that conversation. <laughs> And if anyone knows, like, a really good, extremely cheap plumber. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm scheduling in the next one. And also single and attractive. (laughs) Sure. I mean, look, I like to, let's let's create this vision. Come on, let's put it in the universe. Oh, you know I was already putting that in the universe. (laughs) You You know that. You know I was like... Who's this plumber going to be? <laughs> I, I, I see some, like, nice eye makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did, I did decide to look presentable today <laughs> on the off chance that that was part of the story. I liked that I liked that they just need to snake my pipes and then there's, like, a romantic encounter possibility mm. of how today could go much better than it's going to take two hours and then six more hours. Oh, I, I don't know if the plumber yeah. was single. We didn't. We didn't get that far. You didn't get into it. <laughs> was there a wedding ring? That's I didn't. First I thing. didn't even look. I don't. I, think, I don't think look. I was. Well, I normally look. I don't think I was immediately interested. So that, yeah. I mean, don't tell him that. <laughs> no, I'm not. If you're listening, plumber, if you're listening, you did a good job. It's okay. Yes, you did an okay job. And okay, or maybe you fucked it up bad. We don't actually know anything about plumbing, so we don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, send out single plumbers my way. Thanks. Well, listeners, um, (laughs) send all of your thoughts our way, uh, especially related to plumbers, and enjoy this episode about uncertainty in relationships. Okay, so today we're going to talk about uncertainty in relationships and what happens in a dating dynamic and what happens in a longer term dynamic when it comes to this uncertainty and just what that creates for 
for us. We think it'll be a really interesting conversation. And I feel like I want to start off by just reading a definition of relationship uncertainty for us. Um, This comes from a relational communication textbook called Close Encounters by Guerrero, Anderson, and Afifi for anybody who wants to geek out with us on relational communication. Um, And this definition says, relationship uncertainty occurs when people have questions about the state of their relationship. Seems pretty straightforward, right? To have questions about the state of our relationship or their relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but, This uncertainty is something that we thought would be interesting to talk about today because it's something that plays out so much for us, not us personally necessarily, but all of us, the collective us, when we're trying to do relationship. Do you want to add to that? Yeah. So I think, you know, like we said, we're going to break this down a little bit into two categories, right? Like the dating stages, relational uncertainty, and then also how it still plays into long-term relationships. And, um, kind of going off of that definition that you shared Solvay from that textbook, which way to put the textbook to use. (laughs) Shout out to our students, anybody listening. (laughs) (laughs) Is another kind of another definition that's pulled from an academic article. And this is Graham 2011. Um, that relationship uncertainty concerns the degree of ambiguity surrounding the nature and status of the relationship itself. And I like that definition just because it includes that notion of ambiguity about the status of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I always think about those early stages dating where you're like, what are we like, you know, there there's an ambiguity is the word that I often use. Um, I also have used relationship purgatory sometimes Totally, where you're kind of like, what is this, right? Like what, what are we doing? Where's this going? There's a lot of uncertainty at that time. And so you're feeling a lot of these things. So that's probably something many of our listeners, whether they are in that situation currently or not can identify with, is that like, weird ambiguity and uncertainty about the status of the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I love that word ambiguity too. And and so, you know, as we think about this and how this plays out, um, even in communication studies, there's the idea of uncertainty reduction theory, right? That as soon mm-hmm. as you meet someone, you're like, I want to try to understand them. How can I reduce uncertainty? And I think a lot of us who are perhaps dating might recognize this feeling, right? So whether you meet someone in person or online, as you're just starting to get to know someone, right? There's this real desire to try to have some sense of, I mean, it's an illusion, right? That we have any mm-hmm. sense of certainty about who another person is, just to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> like people, And also people change, right? So even if you think you know, people change. Just want to put that out there. (laughs) Spoiler alert, there's always uncertainty. (laughs) However, we have this desire to try, especially when we're meeting new people, right? If you're actively dating right now, to try to understand, like, what is someone about? What are their, you know, major personality traits? What's their mental health? What's happening there, right? Like, what do they want? What do and how and all of those things are our attempt to find some certainty in mm-hmm. this other person and that certainty the you know the desire to know like do i think this person could be a good fit for what i think i want with my potential future relationship or whatever it is that i want right so so even from the very beginning and of course you can apply this to friendships too you're trying to understand when you, as you meet someone new what's going on with them And that can be stressful. I think that's like the biggest thing I want to acknowledge here is that like that desire to try to understand who someone else is and whether they're a good fit for you and whether you two are a good fit together. All of that is being negotiated in that first, second, third date, or perhaps even your interactions before you go on a date, right? You're trying to Mm -hmm. figure things out about the other person. Yeah. One way I like to think about it too is how predictable. So the less uncertainty we feel about someone and the less relational uncertainty we have, that means that we feel like the person is more predictable, right? Like we like to be able to predict how somebody is going to react in a given situation. We can never know for sure. That's clear, but 
we do like to know or have some comfort in, in like feeling like we know how someone is going to behave in a given situation. And so that's kind of the opposite of uncertainty, right? Is that predictability of like, okay, I feel like if I tell this person this thing, this is how they're going to react. Or if we're in this type of situation, this is how they're going to react. You have some predictability within that, that person. Hmm. Yeah, that's such a great point. And related to that, it also makes me think about trust, right? That mm-hmm. whether you walk through the world trusting people really easily or not, we know that trust builds, right? And so part of, I think, what's so challenging, especially in those first meetings, is that you don't yet know whether you can trust someone. You, d- you don't know. Yeah. You don't know whether you can trust them. You might have a feeling one way or another. Intuitively, you might have a, a sense, but you don't know. You you, you certainly aren't yet able to predict how they're going. You can guess, but you're not able to like mm-hmm. very accurately predict how they're going to behave. And you don't yet know whether you can actually trust someone. So those are things like just acknowledge that if you're in the really early stages of dating someone and getting to know someone, I would I just want to say acknowledge that if you feel a sense of anxiety or like discomfort or like those like feelings that we attribute to a crush, right? Where you're Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I really like this person. I wonder if they like me too. That can be really fun, but it can also be uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) Like crushes are fun and uncomfortable, I think. (laughs) Right, right. It's like a lot of feeling and and like butterflies and it's an anxious response, which also is an excited response. Like I think that those, they manifest in our bodies in the same way. Yes. Yes. So yeah, if anyone's listening and you're like, well, I'm nearly dating this person, I feel like I, or I feel like I have a crush on them or whatever, like those feelings of, do they like me? I wonder if they like me. I wonder how much they like me. Do I like mm-hmm. them? How much do I like them? Right. All of those feelings are a reflection of this uncertainty that you have at that point. So yeah. Do you want to say anything else about that? Well, what I want to add to that is it's very natural to feel that early on in a relationship, right? Like we are going to inherently feel uncertainty because we, we literally don't know that person and we're building on that. And, and like, as a relationship progresses, you should be building certainty, right? They should become more predictable. And if you don't, if what, if what you notice is that you continue to have that, like the crush feeling but it's continuing for like months and months and months and a year (laughs) that probably isn't a crush anymore. It's not the, it's it oftentimes I'm bumbling this, but let me, let me bring it back. Oftentimes we know that people will confuse the in long-term relationships, the feeling of excitement that you have with that uncertainty early on with a lack of certainty that continues to happen and what inevitably means that you're actually feeling anxiety and uncertainty in the relationship because that person isn't stable. They aren't predictable. We don't want that to continue. Like you should be excited about the person and you should feel attracted and, and all of those things, but be careful about chasing that. It's almost like a high of the like anxious butterflies feeling into too far into a relationship where it's actually that the person is just unpredictable and Mm -hmm. you can't count on them and they don't have stability. Mm, I'm so glad you shared that. I think that's such an excellent point here. And I think alongside that, let's add that if you, we haven't fully done a podcast episode on attachment styles yet, but the other side of that too, is if you notice that in every relationship that you're in, that you're always feeling that way with every person, it might also be useful to think about your attachment style and the, uh, particularly if you tend to have a more anxious attachment style, right? There's some people that tend to go into relationships and just feel anxious in every relationship, no matter what the dynamics are. So if that is, if that is you and you're listening and you notice that, I'd want to really encourage you to look up attachment styles and to learn more mm-hmm. about them because sometimes, you know, sometimes it's the other person who yeah. is genuinely not creating any sort of predictability or certainty with us. And sometimes it's what's happening for us in the ways that we co-create relationships with someone. And so just checking in on all of those accounts, if you notice that, you know, you're a few months into dating someone and you're still not feeling very confident in what's happening between the two of you, um, definitely some some things to look into and, and 
try to understand because, because, and I think what you're saying is super important, Marsha, like after, I think a few months is fair to say, right. And in like sort of a taking it slow relationship, like if you're kind of taking it slow and getting to know someone after a few months, hopefully you are feeling like you can predict some things about what's happening with the other person. You might still be in that state of ambiguity, right? And we can Mm -hmm. talk about that in a minute. You might still be in some ambiguity. You might be in a bit of a relationship purgatory, as you said, you know, like with not knowing, as our definition says, exactly the nature and status of the relationship itself. But hopefully that person has built trust with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that it's it's like a little bit of a sliding scale that happens between like, and I, I want to be clear with with distinguishing between the apprehension and uncertainty and anxiety and just like excitement, right? Yes. Like it's one thing to be excited when let's say the person that you've been dating for a couple of months calls, right? Like they're, especially early on when that phone rings, I mean, does anyone call anymore? Maybe you get a text, <laughs> whatever it is, you get a notification that person is contacting you. There's like this, like, Ooh, Oh, like, right. That that's yeah. a, a normal yeah. feeling. That's a fun, you get this that's little a fun feeling. Yeah. And then distinguishing between that and being like, Oh, a couple months and I'm still excited when they message versus I feel this, like, you know, my heart rate is increasing. I'm getting, I'm feeling a physical response because, oh my God, like, I never feel like I know when they're going to call or not. And they just called, right? Like that's more of an anxiety or, you know, it's a, it's uncertainty in a negative way, I would say, as opposed to like the excitement that some uncertainty can bring. That's it. it, I think that that's an important distinguishing element of this is especially if you're early on starting to notice those things like am I you know am I excited or do I have a physical response because I never know when they're going to call or not or Mm -hmm. I never know if they're going to show up or not or is it like oh I'm just like excited to hear from them and that can be so hard to parse out at certain points yeah, I'm also thinking about even the feeling of like, I don't even know if I really like them. Yeah. <laughs> like there's also sometimes that feeling, right? Like you're like, oh, they're calling like, oh. I mean, if like that, a, if the, what yeah. you just said is your reaction, do you, it needs to be ended. <laughs> right, 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 right. But I'm just thinking about all the different ways that someone can respond in sort of yeah. this like, if the anxiety is like, I need to end this. <laughs> That's another kind of anxiety, right? Yeah, like, if it's dread. Right, right. I don't actually like this person that much or whatever that yeah. feeling, that feeling can also be like an anxious feeling too. So yeah, I, I love the, I love your point that there are different nuanced feelings within that. And really like, I think one of the biggest things we hope that you take away from this podcast is more emotional intelligence that you're able to start noticing what does that feeling feel like in my body? Does it feel good (laughs) or does it feel bad? And what does that tell me? I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to oversimplify, but I think you really can be like, is this a good feeling or is this like a feeling and noticing the difference? So, so as the, so, so those are a few thoughts for like new, new dating when it comes to relational uncertainty, as you're like starting to get to know someone, we notice this other phase with a lot of the people that we work with. And the, those of you who have written in, we've talked about this a lot. Um, the idea of then moving from either like we're casually dating to a defining the relationship kind of talk, right? Where you, or perhaps some next level even, right? Depending on what it is, if you are wanting to potentially like integrate your lives further with moving in together or getting married or whatever, like the next steps for you of a relationship are, um, there's, there can be this ambiguity that exists in the uncertainty in, in that. And those are, um, those are turning points, honestly, in a relationship mm-hmm. where you where you might need to have a where you probably do need to have a conversation to get some more clarity on what the other person is thinking. Yeah, I I think that there are a couple things that you can do to reduce uncertainty in relationships, like at, at these different stages, right? And and like you just mentioned, there's that there's usually like a make or break point, right? Like where there's a discussion about cohabitation or about 
marriage or, or some other version of long-term commitment. Mm -hmm. And those are great times to like have a very honest, very clear discussion, helping to get some certainty around what the status of the relationship is, what the nature of it is, what the future of it is, and making sure that you have some certainty and that you're both working toward the same thing. A couple of things just to keep in mind, if we're thinking practically about how do you help to reduce some of that uncertainty in those early stages of dating, you know, we, we mentioned tuning into yourself, but there's also things you can do for the partnership that can be valuable. Like, like very practical things here, y'all like calling when you say you're going to, or like being at a place at the time that you say that you're going to be there following through on things that you said, being clear about what, like, if you like someone or not, like you don't need to profess your love on date two. I'd rather you not, but mm -hmm. you can like say like, I'm really enjoying spending time with you. I really would like to see you again. There's some level of certainty that comes with that. And those are really valuable things that you can do early on to help cultivate a relationship dynamic that has a little less ambiguity. Like obviously there's still ambiguity there's going to be, but you have at least developed like some trust early on. Yeah. That, those are such great points. And then those also can continue on as you continue to be dating someone, right? Like, yeah. like theoretically, you don't, as best you can, you don't want to be blindsiding someone by something, right? I think that's mm -hmm. why ghosting is so painful, especially if someone's been, you've, you've been dating for a while, right? It's like, why did that person just disappear, right? It's like, ideally, and this is a lot of, I'm thinking a lot about attachment style right now, but it's also like the signs of a secure attachment style or people who are able to be really open and transparent about what is happening with them, right? So even, even if you have some doubt, communicating about that doubt is something that you can do if that's what's if that's what's coming through for you, right? If that's what you're feeling. But the more, it's not like you have to be open about everything, 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 but the more open, honest you can be and give, be giving someone feedback like, wow, I really loved it when we went on that date last week and we went canoeing, right? That was so mm -hmm. fun. But actually, I really don't like hiking when there's so many mosquitoes, right? Like, or whatever yeah. the things are that you're like, that you want to say are like, ooh, like I felt concerned about that conversation we had last week because you brought up this thing and it made me feel concerned, right? The more you can be really open about those things with another person, I think as you continue on in the relationship, then you're not surprised, right? Because I think the surprise is part of what can be either, you know, clearly like ghosting, which we know, like don't do that, right? But like, mm -hmm. yeah, there's something about the surprise element Unless it's like a good surprise, like a surprise birthday party. <laughs> like maybe there's a few surprises that are fun surprises. Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, you want to know that you kind of know where the other person's at with things. Yeah, totally. Well, right. It's the the predictability of the, and the stability. I, I suppose I think of that more as stability than anything yeah. else. That they're accountable, that you can count on them. Like that's what we need in a partner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that is essential and yeah the surprise <laughs> the bad surprises are not helping that at all mm -mm. no so like if you're in a place where you're dating and you're like oh my gosh I really would like to be exclusive with this person that's a way where you can have a relational conversation you can find out where they're at with that too right and that reduces uncertainty if you if you are willing to share like I would like to be exclusive with you. I would not like to be dating. I would just want to be dating you. You're the only person I want to be dating. How do you feel about that, right? That is a point where you can get some clarity from another person on what it is. And that conversation might be really scary for you if you haven't had that conversation a lot, but it's an important one because it helps you clarify and get out of that ambiguity, right? You know, yes, indeed, this person does want this too, or no, they don't. And that's important to know too. Yeah. It's better to know than not know. Like, and we don't always, I think that there is a lot of fear in, in getting the, the answer you don't want, right? 
Like yeah. there's fear with that, but it feels so much better. It's always better to know than to not know because otherwise you're living in purgatory. Totally. And similarly, if you're like, it's really important to me to live with a partner being, when you get to those stages, being able to talk with someone about that, talking with them about what they think about that. Like those things help us to feel like you're saying more stability, more predictability, and also to know, right? If another person is like, Hey, actually I never pick picture myself living with a partner, right? Like we know there are people like that. We know there are people that that's what they want. I I know a few, right? And so if you want to know that, if that's like what someone's, if their long-term desire is to not cohabitate with someone or to not get married, if that's important to you, you want to know those things so that you can have the clarity or the certainty to make a decision that works for you. Yeah. And that also then as we move into longer-term relationships, I mean, usually you have that discussion and then you have a little more certainty and then you can start moving into what we we consider more of a long-term relationship. And, you know, I think sometimes people think about it as like a long-term relationship. There isn't very much uncertainty. And I think that that can be true to a certain degree that like, certainly the more you get to know someone, the more comfort, the more predictable they can be, especially if it's a healthy dynamic. Um, But this also sort of harkens back to a discussion that we had a few episodes ago on the podcast about novelty and predictability and that too much uncertainty or predictability in long-term relationships is actually not good. We don't want too much. So we still do need, you know, I I think it it was smart that the, the researchers who came up with the relational dialectics theory, Montgomery and Baxter. um, I can't believe I remember that from like, I don't know the last time I looked at that citation, but I remember um, they, it was smart of them to not always use certainty uncertainty because I think uncertainty has a negative connotation mm. novelty sounds much sexier mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. true so in long-term relationships while we do see a reduction in uncertainty we see way more predictability it's still really important to have a little bit of unpredictability a little bit of uncertainty a little bit of novelty and I think like your example of surprises is a great example of, of the good surprise right like right. Uh, like spontaneous vacation or a surprise for most people for most people good surprise yeah yeah, yeah. okay the not not all surprises are the same level of like this is definitely important to have some underlying knowledge about the person before you decide on the good surprises (laughs) but for both of us it would be a good surprise I think yeah yeah right but but also that's that's so that's like the kind of funny dichotomy of long-term relationships and the predictability novelty, right? Like you can predict, you have enough certainty to know what your partner is going to enjoy as an un or as a novel activity, right? Like some people have very negative feelings about surprise parties and ideally you would know where your partner fell on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that is interesting when we're thinking about longer term relationships, right? Like the the things that um, maybe you're craving towards the beginning of a relationship, right? When you're like, I just want to know this person. I want to understand them. I want to feel like we can trust each other. As you continue on in a relationship or sort of interesting offline before this podcast, we were talking about the idea of like store once once you've been together with someone for a long time, sometimes you're like, oh boy, they're telling that story again. (laughs) I've heard different versions of that story many, many times, right? And so there's like this level of predictability where at some points we might get bored, right? If we're Mm -hmm. like, oh, they're doing that thing again yes sometimes it can feel comforting especially if you tend towards if you tend towards predictability too and somebody is doing the same thing that you always know that they do it can feel really really comforting and then sometimes you're like but can't we do something else can't be another choice well I think of like one thing that I love about the predictability and like lack of or the certainty within my relationship is I know whenever Dustin is away from the house and he's coming home, I know he's going to text that he's on his way. And that's so, it's just so helpful 
just like for my own planning and for timing. And like, when we think about relationships, one of the more difficult things is just considering the other person, like always keeping them in mind. And it's so helpful because sometimes it's really valuable information. Sometimes it really doesn't matter to me, but no matter what I love having it. And I know he's always going to do that. Mm. He like set that, that standard really, really early on. Uh, and that's a wonderful, predictable component of him. Um, and then there are some other ones that like, when he tells me the same story about how he got into dungeons and dragons for the 700th and I don't 751st time. And I want to bash my face against the doorway. Uh, cause I don't need to hear that story again, Yeah, you know? You're like, oh my gosh, okay, emotional bids. Pay attention. I know, I'm like, him. Just turn towards him. Smiling and nodding. Keep smiling <laughs> and nodding. He's told me, you guys, he's told me, he can probably hear me right now, and that's okay. He knows, <laughs> he knows this. He has told me about the, there's a new movie about Dungeons and Dragons coming out. Oh, oh yes. my God. The amount of discussions. And just, I use the term discussion loosely, more like monologues I have listened to about this goddamn movie that I could not care less about. The only reason I care even an iota is because he cares about it. Like I care that he has something that's exciting to him happening, but beyond that, don't give a shit. Don't care. <laughs> could not care less. Have had to listen to him talk about it so many times. And then also compare it to the previous Dungeons and Dragons movie. Did you all know there was a previous one? I, did I didn't, <laughs> nor did I ask, but I have that information and now you do too. I would have thought it would at least appeal to your pop culture trivia and pop culture awareness. But yes, I can imagine if it's a conversation you've been having many, 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 many times. Yeah. So we, I mean, sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, so much predictability. And and that, I love that you, I love that you share that because that is so real in everybody's relationship, mm-hmm. right? Anybody listening to this who's had it, who is in a long-term relationship or has been in one in the past knows this feeling of like, okay, we're going to talk about this story again, or we're going to talk about this subject again. And I'm a little bored of it, but, yeah. or I'm very bored of it, but here we go. So that is like that, that, that is the, you know, the downside, I suppose, of this well, it, it definitely is like the, it's the, the give part of give and take, right? Like there's a good, <laughs> there's so much good that comes with certainty and predictability and like inevitably those good things, that stability is going to come with some things that are a little boring. And I just want to be very clear here. I can make fun of Dustin's Dungeons and Dragons movie. I'm sure there is many versions of that that I do, right? Like I'm sure there's many times that I have discussed the ins and outs of Ted Lasso and the comedy used. And I mean, I could talk about Ted Lasso every day, all day. And I'm sure there are times when he's like, can you shut the fuck up about Ted Lasso for like 10 seconds? So we all just, just, I just would like to note that like, we all do that. And I think it's just part of the, like, you know, you accept a person as they are as a whole person. And a lot of it, if you've chosen them as a partner, is probably really wonderful and you love it. And then other things are a little, you know, they test your patience a little bit. (laughs) So as we like, look at the, the concept of uncertainty in relationships as a whole, I think that it's valuable to remember that it's sort of a, like, it's a give take, right? It's a dichotomy, just like, like we talked about novelty and predictability. You are always strive, maybe not always. We tend to be striving to work toward reduced uncertainty, like especially early on in a relationship that is really important to us. It helps us feel more comfortable with the person. And, and I think that remembering what we talked about in terms of like, is it anxiety or is it excitement is valuable to remember. But then also that this notion of uncertainty and predictability also is present in long-term relationships, right? It's present in some form at any stage of a relationship. Um, And 
and keeping that in mind as you're navigating it. I think this is another example of a concept where, you know, you certainly aren't doomed if you don't set up your relationship from the start with like a stable foundation in terms of uncertainty reduction. But if you're getting into a relationship right now, something that could be valuable to do is start thinking about what are some ways that I can reduce uncertainty, reduce that ambiguity with this other person, especially if you're interested in pursuing something longer term with them potentially, right? You never know until you know, but, um, I think that that can be a valuable like lesson to take from today is start thinking about how you can incorporate those things. Yeah. And then if you are in a longer term relationship and you recognize yourself feeling like, oh, yeah, I have a lot of certainty. I think I might be a little bit bored. Then thinking about like, what are the ways that you two can mix things up a little bit? You know, go back to our predictability and novelty conversation in the podcast to think in the podcast episodes to think about like, what are the ways that I can add some more novelty in so that we are in a place where we're feeling excited about one another, where we feel like there's a little bit of there's just a little bit of spice if that's what you are desiring more of or if you're like yeah there's so much certainty and I love it I love Mm -hmm. that I feel so confident and secure in this relationship then just embracing that and appreciating that that's what you have in that relationship is someone who you trust who you feel um you know who you who you tr- who you trust who you feel is predictability and all, is predictable in all of the ways that you love you know like that's a really really cool thing and recognize that like that's not something everybody has and that you can appreciate that as well yeah Thanks so much for listening to the PS Let's Talk Love podcast. We want to send out a special thank you to Medium Build for our show music. And if you enjoy this podcast, follow us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you want to support us, it's super helpful if you could give us a five-star rating and leave us a review sharing what you're loving right now. Really, we want to know. And if you don't like it and you got this far, don't worry. You do not have to listen to us again. You can just you can just forget this podcast exists and move along. You can catch up with us on Instagram at ps.welovelove or follow us on TikTok at psconsulting. If you're interested in private coaching or learning more about our online classes, go to pscurators.com to learn more and find free resources to support you. See you next time.